DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We are brought to you in part by Mark Miller Subaru. Time to welcome in Craig Bowlerjack, TV voice of the Utah Jazz. Bowler, good morning. David James, Patrick Kinahan, how are you? Excellent. Good. Bowler, I'm curious, how are you entertaining yourself these days? Oh, um, you know, it's kind of, like I've said before, Groundhog Day uh, does come and go. Um, I just try to stay busy, man, with little projects. I go to Home Depot a lot. Uh, I walk around there and just, I like it. It's like a candy store for me, but I don't, maybe I don't buy anything. I just look. Kind of weird, isn't it? To be honest, <laughs> just walking on Home Depot. If you need bowler, check Home Depot. He's yeah, just yeah, I'm strolling through nine. the light fixtures. <laughs> <laughs> aisle nine, yeah, aisle nine. I was thinking about you and PK uh, with Eddie Van Halen's passing. PK, uh, uh, that was that was that's tough. That's bummer. That's that's a legend there. Yeah, it really is, man. You know, that was one of the groups that the American groups that really took off and just exploded. And they were Southern California, and I'm living in Phoenix, which is basically a suburb of Cal- Southern California, and uh, really resonated with the sound at the time. And then to see at 65 that life is over and, uh, you know, really puts it into perspective, if you needed it, that you need to take advantage of whatever's out there. And we have so much acrimony and so much strife going on in the country and in the world and in the end what does it matter yeah no great point you got to live i know it's uh kind of a you know philosophy of living every day but it's true you know what dj i did i actually put i I sat in my office and listened to van halen eddie van halen solos uh on youtube for probably two hours when he uh what two days ago i guess that's a sad way to entertain yourself but man the guy could play so uh, had to pay my respects that way. Yeah, and I know personally for me, years ago I was hot for teacher. <laughs> uh, we all have stories, don't we? Absolutely. I went so far as to marry one. <laughs> That's right, you did. You did. You 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 took it to the yeah. You took it uh, to that ultimate level of marriage. I got to be honest though, in that third, fourth, and fifth grade range. My teachers were tough, and they may have been, I, I tell you, I think, you know, their names alone, Mrs. Keller and Mrs. Stitt. I don't know why I remember those two ladies, but they were tough. And their names, if you can imagine what you think they look like, it's, it's exactly their names fit that. They were tough, scary women. Um, but, again, had the one thing in mind, and that was to be, uh, they, they taught us, uh, but I remember one walked around with a ruler just in case, you know. So, yeah. I wasn't too hot for those teachers is my point. <laughs> no, I was not. Oh, man. <laughs> All right. So, hot for teacher, did you know that – wait a second. Did you know that Mary Kay Latorno uh, is a proud graduate of Arizona State? I did not. Which yeah. is your alma mater, Yeah. <laughs> infamous grad let's just leave it at that okay so I, I, so bowler as yeah. a proud gr- graduate of kansas state yes yes 
And because we are surrounded by people here who uh, would like to see the Pac-12, well, the Cougar fans would like to see the Pac-12 do another pratfall, probably. But the Ute fans would like to see the Pac-12 get a team in the playoff, and they are noticing the losses piling up in the Big 12, thinking, well, those guys might not need a playoff berth. I know Oklahoma State's still undefeated. Um, what is wrong with Big 12 football? How has this happened? How did they lose games? How did schools lose to Sunbelt? conference opponents and then turn around and win conference games and wreck the conference. I wish I knew. Uh, I tell you, the K-State win over Oklahoma was incredible a week after uh, the Sun Belt loss. And now this week, TCU for the Wildcats. So it's that in-conference um, fighting or battles that usually occur and one upset can despoil the whole the whole thing. So... Yeah, Oklahoma has had a tough stretch, Texas as well. And I'm thinking about Pac-12 football and what that's going to bring with six games. And, you know, this season is just – it's so unpredictable of what's happened. Uh, I don't know how, you know, where the mindset is for a lot of teams and how much preparation's gone into it. I mean, with Wit, I'm sure the, the Utes are ready to go against Arizona. Um I know PK's got uh, the Sun Devils on his list, uh, what, right around Thanksgiving. But, you know, six games. I, my, my question is, I don't know what happens if an ish, a, a situation arises uh, like it has in the National Football League um, that they, they don't have a week to pad if there's a COVID outbreak. I mean, it's six straight weeks, right, before uh, the playoffs or the playoff, and so I don't know how that's going to work if there's a hiccup along the way. I guess they'll have to deal with it if it comes about. But I know the SEC, didn't they mention they were going to do some heavy fines? Uh, the NFL got pretty tough with a few coaches in that first couple of weeks, but the SEC said they would be very very tough on COVID as well, uh, about the masks and uh, fans as well. So the whole thing you know, is just intriguing to watch, and – you know, not so, not in a alleged bubble like the NBA has been, uh, trying to work it with some fans in the stands, uh, especially in the NFL, and and uh, without a week off in the Pac-12. Uh, I think, I guess for me, is that each conference has been left to kind of handle it the best way they can. And so uh, we'll see how it works out. I'm glad to see Utah and BYU and Utah State playing football, and we'll just see how it works out. Uh, but there's a long way to go before uh, December. Is this a little back to the future with you? You know, you were involved with BYU broadcasting their games for many years, and we used to hear, well, just how good are they? They're beating the you-know-what <laughs> out of these teams. And here yeah. we are 20, 30 years later, yeah, just how good are this? Is this team? They're beating the crap out of these teams. I really don't know. You find that sort of uh, coming full circle? Yeah, it, I get asked that a lot. How good was that? Uh, 85, 86. You know, I was there for 10 years. I, w- I came in and started calling BYU after their national championship year of 84, and Detmer's Heisman run was just unbelievable. They had. You know, they had a lot of weapons, and I, I've, I've always thought the tight end was a huge part of Lavelle Edwards' kind of secret plan of just the, the weapons that he had, but he always used the tight end to his advantage. I will say, man, watching BYU, PK, I'm, I'm impressed with Zach. 
Zach Wilson. Uh, the guy's got arm. He seems to really read defenses. Um, he he makes good decisions. He's athletic. He's healthy uh, for the first time in a long time. And I've been impressed. But here you go. But you wonder truly uh, with just the competition level how good they are. Maybe the Boise State game uh, will give us some, some answers. But from what I've seen so far, um, I've been pretty impressed, especially uh, with the quarterbacking of one Zach Wilson. What did he miss last week? Was he 24 or 26? I mean, I don't care who you're playing against. You know, a couple of missed throws is not easy to do in the course of any college football game. But, yeah, I've been impressed uh, with, with the way he's, uh, you know, sharing the ball, throwing the ball around, and getting a lot of guys involved. But, again, PK, to answer your question, I, I, again, I think you have to have a higher level of competition uh, and to see exactly just how good this team is. I know BYU fans are pumped, excited, and feel like they, they're deserving of a high ranking uh, right now in the, in the college top 25. Craig Bolajak joining us, TV voice of the Utah Jazz. So as you watch the uh, the football play out and all the craziness uh, at the NFL and college, college level with games being um, postponed or canceled, right. and then you try to apply that to the next NBA season, whenever that might start, we don't know for sure yet. Um, you know, this, baseball was able to play doubleheaders and, and make up some, but not all of the games. Do you think the NBA is going to be able to kind of pull something like this off? There doesn't seem to be any desire to go back to the bubble. No. You know, I heard Donovan mention, you know, they'll do what they have to do. And I've heard, you know, again, these are all just potential uh, scenarios of five regional bubbles. I don't know if the Players Association guys would go for that. I mean, again, it's, it's a matter of pay. It's a matter of uh, television money, which is, you know, in the millions and billions of dollars. So, you know, I don't know what the NBA will do. How, you know, I know Adam Silver, and you guys know this, he's mentioned that he wants the full 82-game slate. But how do you build in, um, you know, when you, and again, I'm going back to two years ago when the big issue came about, uh, fatigue, rest, uh, you know, nights off, uh, players that would be scratched. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, again, the networks didn't really um, have much of a heyday with that when you had a, a nationally televised game and all of a sudden you'd see, you know, LeBron James taking, you know, uh, some, some rest, uh, an off day. So I don't know how you would do it. 82 games, that's a lot in the first place. And do you build it longer? But you have the Olympics to think about uh, this summer uh, in 21. So I don't know how they're going to do it in case there is uh, some sort of a COVID flare-up. And you know probably pockets are going to continue for a while. And so that's going to be a real big issue, I think. And I think the Pac-12 is going to face it, too, with their college football season, trying to squeeze six games in a very short window. Uh, and I'd be surprised if that doesn't become an issue on who gets into the playoff or who doesn't. I don't know if there's a rule of thumb. If you miss miss one game, you're still eligible. I'm not sure how that works. But I still think the NBA has a long way to go on trying to get an 82-game schedule uh, completed, um, You know, starting most likely. Again, don't know, but January looks to be the, the hopeful starting date with fans, 
not a full packed house, but with some semblance of four or five thousand fans and stands if they can do that with separation, obviously. Uh, and I'm not sure what the mask issue would be. I'm not sure what the entrance rules would be, but it's 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 going to be a task, no doubt. You know, they talked about with the scheduling, uh, the games in the beginning of the bubble were way exciting, and you had heard about, well, you know, is there a way to minimize travel even more, and you know, you only make uh, one trip to Texas or whatever it might be. Right. Have you heard anything that, at least for the short term, some things that could be considered completely out of the box that they could actually do to pull off a season in an 82-game fashion that maybe won't really look like anything necessarily that we've seen over the years? BK, I think what you just said may be the ticket, to be honest. I've heard, uh, again, there's been so many thoughts and what-ifs and what-could-be that you don't know what direction. But I do know, and I think we've seen this, right, with Adam Silver, that he does think out of the box. He, He had to to pull off the Orlando bubble for these last three months, which is still an incredible accomplishment, in, in my opinion. I thought the bubble would pop, but they, they worked through it. You know, and here we are, you know, on the verge of crowning a champion uh, after three-plus months uh, in, in, in the bubble. But, you know, I've heard kind of that same pod theory, as you just mentioned, not in a bubble per se, but if you're going to go to Texas, right, why not play the Spurs why not play the Mavericks? Why not play the Rockets? And actually, if you think about it, could you not play them in a mini-series? Or could you play the Rockets on a back-to-back and then make a travel with a rest day to Dallas, make a short flight then, San Antonio? I mean, I don't know. But I think those are great ideas, and I think those are outside-the-box thoughts, outside-the-box thoughts that I think Adam Silver is going to listen to. Uh, if you know, if you go to California, up and down the coast you go. Instead of going to California and playing the Lakers, and then going over to Denver and then making a flight out to Dallas, I think it makes sense that you limit travel and you kind of stay and stay put in one locale and try to get a series of games done. That's that's really maybe uh, maybe the, the direction they may go. But I, I think it's intriguing, don't you? I really do. I think it's it's smart, and like you said, it limits travel. And probably, as we've seen in the bubble, no travel, less fatigue, and that's always been an issue during the course of 82 games. Bowler, as always, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for coming on, and we'll see how the, all this uh, plays out down the line. All right, guys. Appreciate you. See you soon.